your hands. What have you been playing in? Dirt? Yeah. Hey, this is Michelle Spiva, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me on the flip as we talk about working with your hands. I'll see you soon. One of the biggest nuggets that I have ever gotten in my life was the power of understanding how to reach out, touch, and do things in this world. And I owe that to being blessed to have two healthy hands. You see, when I was growing up, my uh, summers were spent with my grandparents and they had gardens and they were very active. They would go, they would take us fishing and uh, gardening and uh, just different things. And a lot of the things that we did revolved around using our hands. It was really fun, and I think I've said this in another podcast, uh, how my grandmother would buy the cheap little uh, biscuits. It was like five biscuits to a 10, and they were, you know, already made biscuits. And she would buy them specifically for us to have them when we would go outside and play. And I would love getting one of those biscuits because I'd go and I would make a real mud pie. I'd mix that mud with that biscuit dough and uh, pat them out and uh, pretend like I'm flipping them over and and just have hours and hours of fun. And it was something about that cold uh, dirt going through my digits and me feeling the different textures. Some of it would have grass and some of it uh, would have a a little bit of of, uh, grainy pebbleness to it. And I could feel everything and I would be able to shape the the dirt into little things that I, I wanted to make here and there. And it was just fun. But when I started to grow up, I noticed that my grandparents and my parents continued to keep us engaged with doing things. I remember them getting us clay. And I've already told you guys about my love that I had for markers and pens and pencils. And uh, even uh, taking a, a few little home study calligraphy classes when I was younger. I didn't realize that what I was being taught was something that I would go on to have to pay a lot of money for in a lot of uh, universities to figure out that my family already knew. And that was there is a secret magic to working with your hands. Now, I am not a gardener. I don't profess to be one. But now that I'm, I'm actually looking at the wisdom of working with my hands, I think I might be starting to pick it up, you know. Um, It was my grandmother who actually taught us how to do light gardening in the yard for um, beautification. And it was my grandfather and my grandfather's brother, who was my, I guess, my granduncle, who taught us how to not garden, but basically farm because they had large fields and we would go out and help them. I remember uh, going out to uh, my uncle's watermelon patches where, you know, he grew all of these king watermelons and would sell them. And 
my grandparents maintained um, a co-op garden. And it, it wasn't called that at the time because it was just called a, a garden and you had a little bit of land and you put, you know, your rose on it. And if you had enough uh, left over, you would, you know, allow other people to use some of the rose and they would come in and fill their rose with uh, different things. We grew peppers and green pepper, green, uh, green peppers, jalapeno peppers, tomatoes, cucumber. Um, I remember okra. Uh, we had so many different varieties of peas and beans, you know, string beans, uh, purple hull peas, even a few eggplant here and there. And it was just great. And at home in the backyard, my grandparents had different little trees. Some of them were saplings and some of them were mature. We had a pomegranate tree at the neighbor's house that was bordering on our property and the neighbor would let us pick pomegranates. We um, had plum trees, apricot, pear, and I just took all of this for granted. And part of the summer, at the end of the summer, was spent harvesting a lot of the fruits and vegetables and helping my grandparents can and uh, put things up in little baggies. I remember her, what they would call parboiling uh, the beans and the and, and, and uh, some of the veggies so that when they put them up in the plastic bags for the freezer, they would not... I, I'm I'm guessing that I remember this correctly, but you parboiled them so that when you took them out to actually use them during the winter, um, they would retain a better quality of taste and texture. I think that's right. Uh, if I'm wrong, oh well, sorry about that, Grandma. Uh, uh, but even you know, through all of that, <laughs> I remember having purple thumbs from shelling so many peas in the summertime. We would just sit around and watch little uh, evening shows and shell peas and get them clean and 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 all of that. And we worked with our hands. Um, moving on from there, just on and on, so many different things. Uh, learning, I don't play uh, my instruments anymore, but using my fingers to learn the fingering on the clarinet and the guitar and the piano, uh, learning how to uh, become a baton twirler. All of those things I used to do growing up. And when I finally um, circled back around, because you know, a lot of times you will circle back around to things. It had been enough years for me to realize that I had been blessed to be taught how to be a doer and a maker. I have another podcast that we've talked about being a doer and a maker, but on today's side, I want to talk about the art and the craft and the uh, wisdom and gifts you get from using your hands. So even after growing up that way, I was still using my hands all the time. I think I told you guys, I went to get my cosmetology license for hair uh, when I was 15. And so when I went to college and grad school, I did, I cut hair, I, I did hair uh, to help supplement and put myself through school. So I was still using my hands. Now, I've told you all of that stuff. And you know that there is a wisdom in here. So let me get to the chase. And that is that working with your hands is a gateway to understanding concentration. You see, I've talked a little bit about concentration in the past, but 
consider this like a starter kit, if you will, for starting to learn how to concentrate. If it seems hard to be able to focus on something, work with your hands. So let me back this up a little bit and even talk a little bit about concentration itself. Have you ever gotten um, orange juice and on the carton it says made from concentrate? To me, that's one of the best ways to understand what it is that we do when we concentrate. Concentration can be a scientific process where uh, liquid is removed from something to make it stronger and to make it last longer or to package it so that you can um, use it at a later time. Concentration is also an intense focus on a small area. Think about uh, a prism and how the light uh, goes through it and diffracts, but also think about how a magnifying glass can be held up to the, to the sun and when the sun goes through it, it can be focused enough to cause something to catch on fire. That's what concentration is. And for us, that takes a lot of focus. It takes a lot of mental capacity. And the wonderful thing that I like about using your hands is that your this energy that you use to do something, to make something, and to make it well, requires that you keep your focus on what is going on with your hands. And the longer you continue to focus on trying to accomplish something with your hands, the better your concentration gets. Have you ever been working with your hands only to realize that you have been in focused concentration for a while? To me, it's kind of like a a little gift that um, our physiology gives us to help us to get into these altered states. I've talked about uh, Mihai Chinksik Mihai's uh, quintessential book called Flow, where he talks about getting into the zone. And he talks about this is a person who has high skill and is doing something that requires um, high concentration. And if you look in the book, you'll notice that he talks about masters of uh, like martial arts and people who use their hands. And you wonder, how is this knife throwers and all this other stuff? Now, he didn't talk about knife throwers, but you get you get the point. And it's because making something, doing something with your hands, you have to pay attention and not only pay attention, you have to focus your attention and that focused attention has to be intense or you're not going to progress. You're not going to complete your task. You're not going to do uh, the best that you possibly could. It takes time. When I think about uh, the power of working with your hands, I think about two great, uh, two of the greatest creators that we we have to look back on and those being Michelangelo and Da Vinci. And what did they do? They worked with their hands. They sure did. And what have they left us? They have left us so many uh, things of beauty. And Da Vinci, we, we, we definitely know uh, from his uh, papers and his writings and his research, all of the things that he did with his hands, whether it be drawing, dissecting, um, autopsies, 
all of these different uh, ways he used his hands continued to ex- expound on what he knew. So now let me talk about it in an app applied kind of uh, setting. One of uh, the modalities that I really enjoyed using uh, when I was learning how to work with uh, different clients with mental challenges uh, as a therapist, as well as when I um, was, you know, when I work with people uh, now. And that is uh, through the art of journaling. Now, this is a fun fact, okay? Writing, especially if you can do cursive writing. And I know not everyone does cursive writing now, but if you can do it, if you don't know how, take a class, YouTube, calligraphy or whatever. There is something about having characters that you draw that connect to each other without constantly taking the pencil or the stylus off the page, being able to keep a flow with what you do. They have found that when you write, because you usually were taught so young and usually, you not usually, but you used to, most people were taught to write in a cursive writing you know, for the English language, that there was a natural flow where you kept the pen or the pencil on the page as you were writing your words and only lifting it up after a word was done. And this behavior became, this habit became part of your nerve, your central nervous system that controls your uh, involuntary organs and systems. And and it became part of that because it was something that you did not have to think about doing. They've even said that driving a car for some people has been ingrained into that part of our system as well. But getting back to this, this handwriting, they said that because we have this relationship with the movement of the hand and the flow of information through the writing, that this is one of the gateways to being able to get into our subconscious. Yes, sorry. Getting to the behaviors. Uh, it's hypo- uh, postulated that 90% of our behavior is subconscious. Uh, we sometimes call it habitual, shadows, or the... Um, the unseen uh, of what we do. But yes, 90% or more of our behaviors are done subconsciously. And if you are writing, uh, it is a great gateway to get you into that. So with that being said, I learned how to use things like journaling and writing letters as part of uh, therapeutic ways to help people get breakthroughs and actually to even understand more about themselves uh, through classes of understanding graphology where you study uh, handwriting. We were able to help people to simply practice changing a specific letter or the way they made a letter to change behavior. And that was because they were using their hands. Like I said, there is magic in working with your hands. Now, 
I want to ask this because I'm at that point now where I'm having to go back because I had drifted away from it. Um, not doing um, cosmetology as much anymore. Uh, so I didn't have to have a regular regimen of using my hands in that way. Uh, but I am getting back to trying to figure out what do I make? What do I do with my hands on a regular basis? And one of the things that I went back to was making sure that I write in my journal. I have a journal that I write in every night before I go to bed, or at least I try to. And just by doing that and and writing in that journal, it's not a diary per se. You can look at it as a diary, but just having where I kind of like even just info dump out some of the things that I've done during the day and some of the things that I want to accomplish. It really helps me. And I'm starting to see more of the benefits of working with my hands and being able to get more concentration and focus back into my life. You know, like I said before, I get people that ask about the whole thing of how do you concentrate to write those books? And I don't write them out longhand. Um, I just can't do that. Uh, but, But yeah, you can definitely get in the flow when you're typing, you know, and using your hands. And I type, I don't uh, dictate my books as of yet. Hopefully I'll get to that point where I can do that. But for right now, I type, I still type. And being able to do that is uh, a, another way for me to get into that zone and tap into that creative part that lives in the subconscious to unlock it. And as I have been uh, looking at the the just bountifulness of wisdoms that come from having a a ritual, a regimen, a routine of using my hands, I was like, you know, this is so powerful and yet it's so simple. Um, I talked a little bit about the nine different uh, intellects that we have and how just because you're not, you may not have uh, a high IQ in uh, mathematics or logic does not mean that you are not highly intelligent. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, They are, I I talked about one of the grandfathers of the um, development of these different types of intelligence Um, and uh, Howard Gardner. And I even talked about his book, Frame of the uh, Frames of the Mind, and the, his uh, ways that he broke down the different IQs and intelligences. So let me just talk about those again with regards to working with your hands. So of course he talks about the naturalist, and this is the person who is smart when it comes to our surroundings and nature. Then you have the musical person. Uh, the logical or mathematical person is the one that we're really familiar with, as well as the linguistic person who uh, has great uh, word smarts. Then there's the existential person. This is the person who is going to be very philosophical or even religious, who is able to understand the mysteries of life. Uh, you have your interpersonal person. They're really good with people. and then there is the body kinesthetic person. This is the person who is body smart. These are your dancers and AKA your people who work with their hands and, and are really good. And then we have the intrapersonal person. 
who is really good at understanding his or herself and the spatial person. This is the person who understands 3D and can see uh, things in their mind's eye and in dimensions. They're they're architects. They are modelers, data modelers, uh, or whatever kind of modelers. Uh, they are those people that can they look up to the sky and they can see stuff in their head uh, and turn the 2D. Uh, world of, of flat written things into a 3D model. And so those are nine of uh, nine types of intelligence that Ho- Howard Gardner came up with in his quintessential book, uh, Frames of the Mind, back in um, 1983. So why am I bringing that up? I'm bringing it up because with those different intelligences, you can find a way where our ability to work with our hands comes forward in each of them. Now, the one, of course, that stands out the most is the one with the body, body and kinesthetic, body and movement. But if I go through each one of these, you can see how it can enhance what we do. Now, I want to pause and talk a little bit about something that was really amazing to me uh, when I when I first uh, learned of it. Um, I tend to love anthropological stuff of uh, how we came to be. And thus, I've mentioned books like uh, Sapiens and uh, Homo Deus by Yulof um, uh, uh, Noah. Oh, dear, I'm going to mess up his last name. Uh, but anyway. <laughs> for the sake of uh, of of just moving on and, and making sure I under, uh, I tell you this because it does not it did not come from his books, um, but it, I was just thinking about it. Um, I I learned that one of the things that made us different from our close relatives, uh, the chimpanzees and gorillas and things, is our hands. Now they use their hands to do very intricate things as well, and they even throw stuff. Uh, if you've ever been to some place where you can observe a chimpanzee, they will—they are very good at aiming and throwing. But one of the things that we really excelled at is that we started to use our hands as uh, tools to fashion things to help us make. Our, our hands more powerful. So you don't see a chimpanzee or a gorilla fashioning a spear or a knife or even a gun. No, they don't do that. We did that. And so we started with long range things like arrows and uh, guillotine, not guillotines, but um, th- uh, the things that you throw. Oh, I'm so bad at this, you guys. Uh, In the medieval times when they would uh, catapults. And we fashioned those things to strengthen the power of our might in our hands. But then we move uh, onward uh, to sharpening of steel. uh, When we got to the, you know, steel age of um, having strong swords and knives where we thrust forward. And yes, I know a lot of this stuff is violent. So yes, I'm aware of that. But I'm just talking about this little facet of how our hands are so integral in a lot of the wisdoms, a lot of our uh, growth, a lot of our separation from the pack to become the apex predators. When you look at the ecological system, we're at the top over um, 
over over sharks, over lions and tigers and bears, we're at the top. So that just lets you know how powerful it is. And a lot of it is attributed to how we started to master working with our hands. You see, our hands are able to do fine motor skills that are so delicate that there are even hobbies where people make microscopic sculpture, sculptures and paintings and all of these things where you need a fine um, microscope to be able to see the intricacy of these uh, masterpieces that they are doing. And they're doing them with their hands. And when you look at the concentration that it takes and the focus and the deliberate practice and all those things that I've talked about many times before, you start to get a smidgen and an unfolding of that wink, wink, blessing of the wisdom smack that comes from just using your hands. You know, so what I want to impress upon you is if you are having a hard time connecting with yourself, connecting with your your life Or maybe you are losing the ability to just focus and concentrate. It might be that you have become so disconnected from your world that you haven't reached out to touch anything in a very long time. I'm going to encourage you to do something with your hand. Uh, A few years ago, there was this craze of uh, adult coloring books, and people were um, amazed and intrigued with uh, how many people migrated to it, and they talked about how it helped with their anxiety and all manner of um, mental anguishes that people were going through. And it came down to the fact that they were able to use their hands to focus on a task to create something that brought them calm, peace, and joy and got them reacclimated and grounded back to their surroundings. So again, I'm going to ask you, what do you make and what do you do with your hands? If you can't think of anything, start with the simple stuff. Uh, one of, uh, my grandfather's friends used to whittle. And uh, if you're not familiar with that term, it's where you take a piece of wood and you take a little pocket knife or a Swiss army knife and you whittle away the pieces of wood until you've made something. And he would make, they would be crude, but he would make little figurines and toy cars and airplanes and he would give them, you know, to the kids. Now, my grandmother was not having it, but she was like, because you're not going to get splinters all in your hand because he don't know how to sand nothing down. But I remember him uh, just sitting there and whittling while he would talk and, and, and you know, share stories. Uh, there, has, there was a recent uh, exp, uh, expose of this little, not expose, but um, a recent news article of a young man who is like a champion speed knitter. And he's like, I think he's under 12. And they were interviewing him. And while he was sitting there talking to them, he was looking at people. He was highly engaged and his little fingers were going as he continued to make Afghans and things. And he's so good at it that he actually is uh, connected with a charity that, uh, he knits Afghans to send over to children in need in, in particular countries. And uh, his mother, who uh, he's adopted, but his mother talked about how once he took to that, a lot of his behavioral issues and uh, emotional deficiencies started 
to improve and rectify themselves. And it was because of him working with his hands. Like I said before, if you can't do anything else, get your phone and maybe get a safe app, check and make sure it's safe and color on it. Or even go and get real coloring books. Take up uh, watercolors or or drawing. Go and get a sketchbook from the store. Get clay, modeling clay, and, and start to make models. Do something tactile with your hands. And you will be amazed at how grounded, how uh, therapeutic and healthy you are. Uh, Continue to be if you're already that way or you become by making it an integrated practice in your life. For me, like I said before, mine is uh, journaling and and, um, writing with my actual hand. And I'm actually looking at possibly picking up calligraphy again. Um, We'll see. But I am so on to working with my hands again that I am sharing it from the rooftops because it is one of the fastest ways and the best ways to get grounded, to learn how to reconnect with yourself and your environment. And it is like on steroids for helping people to learn how to concentrate. And it is not laborious as, it's not as laborious as just saying, I'm going to concentrate, I'm going to concentrate. No, when you are interested in what you're doing, it becomes easy. So guess what? Yep. My time is up and I do thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. So I'm going to ask you to continue to do the wonderful job that you've been doing of supporting this podcast by liking it, rating it, reviewing it, sharing it, and commenting, and using our Amazon links. Uh, To continue to support the podcast, please consider using our our link for Amazon at michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. And that will take you directly to Amazon. And I'm so grateful to you for listening and for uh, all of the wonderful things that you do. And so I am sending you many blessings. Now go out there and find something to do with your hands. Put your hands to work. This is Michelle and I'm going to see you tomorrow. Bye. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, Uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.